Gregory Patrick. That's your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody out there. Big time of year for most Americans. Actually, the world celebrates Christmas. You didn't know that, did you, Ken? The whole world? Most of it, I know, does. Certainly. Celebrated. The Chinese celebrated. Of course, the Koreans have turned it into a a major event because they like to shop. (laughs) Well, my my wife might have moved there then. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they've got some great shopping in, in Seoul. What a great city. Of course, with the resurgence of the Omicron or the surge of the Omicron. Now, I guess everybody's talking about shutting down again. I hear Biden's thinking about doing something. He's going to make a big announcement on Tuesday. He better not close the border with Canada or I'm going to go up there and assassinate him. <laughs> no, Doc, easy. <laughs> I got to stand You get a visit from Secret Service just for joking about that. <laughs> You're killing, Doc. Keep gloves on the border, Your Honor. <laughs> have any business (laughs) i hope he doesn't start closing things down again that we i don't think he will because i think there'll be too much of a backlash i I hope there would be you know people are are up in arms about vaccine mandates and businesses being shut down and all that i think you're going to see a national outcry if that happens by the way you know the big surges in the states that are shutting down that are california and, and new york's got a huge number of cases going on now, Ken. I think there are like a, over 20,000 last week, 21,000 new cases, probably all Omicron. Why? Well, what, what was it, like 10 times more infectious? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really spreads rapidly. And there's some con- conflicting data, and of course the press is taking the data that they don't understand and trying to make sense out of it and saying that this new study that just came out of England last week suggests that the booster shot is not that effective against the the virus. That's actually not what it said. What it said is that uh, if you got the mRNA vaccine, you know, the Pfizer or the Moderna, uh, then you'll have protection, but it wanes over time. So you need a third dose. And I'm going to take a fourth dose. A lot of us doctors uh, are starting to do that at the hospital now, just a half a dose uh, to boost us up a little bit. But the, uh, the, Live attenuated adenovirus vaccines, which basically have the same mRNA in it that that the Pfizer and the Moderna have, it's just presented differently to the to the little immune white blood cells that process it. They're all based on the same technology that was developed uh, at the Oxford Institute, at the Jenner Institute in Oxford in London, uh, a year and a half ago. All that money that we poured into it, all the countries that were involved, you know, we put billions into this research project so they could isolate out that little snippet of messenger RNA that encodes for the spike protein. That's it. That's all it is. Now, I got a question for you. I heard over the the last week or so that the CDC, I guess, is not recommending the Johnson & Johnson anymore. It, it doesn't seem to be as effective uh, long term. Uh, you, you just don't get as much bang for your buck. And I've been telling people that for quite a while now, and people who got the Johnson and Johnson or one of the live <clears throat> attenuated vaccines, I tell them get a get a Moderna or a Pfizer booster. You'll you'll get much more bang for your buck. 
Now, if you've had the virus, your best protection is to go ahead and get a booster shot after you're over the uh, acute episode. We usually like to wait four to six weeks, <clears throat> and that'll give you a real good kick. But uh, I'm, I'm taking a fourth dose. I'll probably do it this, uh, this Thursday. Now, I got a personal question. I took the Johnson & Johnson when it first came out because it was the first one available that I could get to. Yeah. And um, now I've had the booster, which was Moderna, at your yeah. office. Do I need another booster now because the Johnson & Johnson is so ill-effective, I guess? Well, we can check your antibody levels, and you can ask your doctor to do that. Uh, there are easy – it's easy to do. It's just a serum draw, blood draw. Uh, but, uh, you know, for most of us, why bother? Just get a half a dose of the Moderna or a, a dose of the Pfizer and, and take your Advil and shut up and go back <laughs> – I don't, I mean, I don't, Stop complaining and take the Advil. That's right. We just saved your life. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> listen, you know, I, I understand the Fox and the conservative news outlets' concerns about uh, mandating vaccines and personal freedom and all that, but come on. This is just ridiculous. Get the vaccine. I had a girl in the office, uh, was it Friday evening? She came in late with a problem. Young girl, 25. Why haven't you gotten the vaccine yet? She wasn't there for that. She was there for something else. She just did not want to be sick. Well, you know well, what? If you get the virus, you're going to be sick. You're going to be sick for a week. <laughs> if you get the vaccine, you're going to be sick for two days. Come on. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's illogical not to get the vaccine at this point. We've oh, had so many people with the vaccine, and we haven't seen any huge problems with it. No, and the, and the literature coming out of South Africa shows that with the Omicron, uh, especially the people who have been vaccinated, they haven't seen a, an increase in, in, in death. Uh, they've had an increase in hospitalizations, but more young people than old people because uh, the young people aren't vaccinated. You know, they're the under-vaccinated portion of the uh, of the population, and, and that that's problematic. And the kids say, well, and I say kids, you know, I'm talking about uh, the twenty-somethings and the thirty-somethings. To me, that's a kid. Well, twenties, you always you're, you're indestructible. You think you're indestructible in your twenties. Yeah, and but but as I told this young lady in my office the other night, the other evening, I said, "Look, you're not doing it just for you. You're doing it for your mother, your grandmother, and uh, if you don't, you, and you get the virus and you bring it home, they could get a lot sicker. Even if you don't get that sick." Even though the Omicron looks like it's just a bad cold, we don't know how it will behave in the unvaccinated who are elderly. And there are still a few around who have, who have not gotten the vaccine. Most of them have either gotten the disease and recovered and they're, they're disabled or they died. But there's still a few around. And, and we want to keep the number of hospitalizations down as much as we can. Uh, it's just going to overwhelm the system if we have a big surge. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as the as the alpha, as the first one that came out. The delta certainly wasn't as bad in terms of mortality and morbidity. But, you know, there's people that had this uh, virus last year, and they're still struggling. You know, our guy Steve at the office there, he's still having a hard time. I don't, still, I don't. I don't. I don't understand why people don't want to get it anymore. I just don't. It just doesn't. I just can't comprehend it. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Ken, let me let me tell you something. You I mean, know, if you don't trust your doctor, who who in life are you going to trust? 
You know uh, Nathan's hot dogs? Yeah, sure. You know how he got people to start eating hot dogs? I have no idea. <laughs> okay, this turn of the last century, you know, they they were experimenting with ground beef and and <clears throat> different things and trying to figure out how to use waste products from from meat packing plants and and all that. And so Nathan came up with the idea of making a hot dog from from meat byproducts, you know, from what's left over. Of course, they're a little greasy and a little fatty, but uh, that's that makes it tasty. Mm-hmm. People didn't want to eat it because they knew that it was ground up leftovers, even though it was still meat and it was no different than anything else coming out of the slaughterhouses and the packing houses. So he got a bunch of young interns and residents from one of the local hospitals, paid them to come down with their white coats on to Coney Island and order a hot dog. (laughs) Stood around eating hot dogs. And so people said, well, hey, if the doctors are eating them and they're not worried, why don't we? So the whole country quickly followed suit and hot dogs became, well, as you know, the the national ballpark uh, snack. And so now hot dogs are ubiquitous in the society, although we're going anti-meat now. But you can you can even get uh, soy-based hot dogs, which are not bad. Okay, so, so, so America trusted doctors back then. What happened? Who know? Well, I don't know. Something happened in 1984 that I heard on some newscasters saying off and on over the years. I'm still trying to figure out what happened in '84 that got the country to think doctors are all no good. '84. No idea. I mean, you know, actually, we've gotten a lot better, a lot better than doctors were. 50 or 100 years ago, not because the doctors weren't uh, committed and concerned and educated, but the, the technology and the, the resources just weren't there. So we've gotten a lot better at uh, saving lives, prolonging lives, and telling people the right things to do. And for, for the life of me, Ken, I have no idea why people will eat a hot dog because a doctor eats a hot dog. <laughs> they won't get a vaccine. <laughs> It must be incredibly infuriating and frustrating for you. It's well, you know, because you, you see lives wasting away for no reason that could be, could have been saved. I think that, that the most important thing, if, if you're in medicine for fifteen to twenty years, is you you have to emotionally rise above it all and just keep looking at the goal, which is to get people vaccinated in this case, or to get them well to treat them or to get them to change their lifestyle. And, and these are these are the goals. And you have to keep your eye on the ball. You can't worry about whether or not the guy next to you is going to throw you a good pass or not. You just do the best you can to get the pass that you, that you have thrown at you and you take care of it. You know, I had a guy yesterday call me and the Canadian from uh, one of the maritime provinces from uh, Newfoundland. And he said, Doc, I am so short of breath the past three or four days. When I get up and walk from the kitchen to the bathroom, I'm out of breath. Then I sit down and rest and I get my breath back. He said, well, you better come in. You know, it could be a heart attack, could be a a blood clot to your lung. It could be uh, your emphysema because he's still a smoker. You know, he's in his late 60s. He weighs 350 pounds and he's still smoking. Go figure. Well, I can tell you it's tough to quit. It's tough to quit. Insanely and, difficult to quit. And so he comes in and, you know, he doesn't look good. I mean, he's a huge guy. 
uh, with a lot of swelling in his legs. And I said, anything recently happened different? He said, you know, I had this cord in my left, in my right calf. I'm like, oh God, he's got a pulmonary embolism. You know, he threw a blood clot from the vein and deep vein in his leg. That's very and, dangerous. Yeah. We get, well, yeah, you die from those things. So we got him over to the hospital and uh, got the CT scan and by God, he had two blood clots, one on each side, right and left lung, big blood clots. And so we admitted him and uh, get him on some blood thinners and, and take care of him, oxygen, supportive care, get some of the fluid off of him. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a serious situation now. 50 to 100 years ago, he probably would have died. And now we have the capability of not only treating him, but of rapidly diagnosing him with a, a CAT scan with a, a big load of the intravenous dye to highlight the arteries and the veins and the lungs. And so we have all these capabilities, Ken. We have all this technology. We have all of these resources. We have all of the new training and education we have. And I'm, I've been uh, studying board questions for cardiology the past month because I got to get my CME hours up. And things have changed so much in the 20 years since I came out of uh, fellowship that it's really, it's, it's just amazing. It's, I mean, I'm looking at and reading this stuff and going, what? I never even heard of that. What do you, how do you know? Where did they come up with this? New DNA testing, new chemicals, new uh, proteins. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. We're getting better and better and better. But the, the gentleman you were treating, he didn't go to Facebook and look it up first, did he? To make sure that you were right. I mean, I don't, that's, that's the part I don't get. People he are was, trust, trusting he, Facebook. <laughs> he came in with his cane and huffing and puffing. And I'm like, you want a wheelchair? And, no, doc, I'll make it back. I thought he was going to drop dead right in my office. <laughs> but <laughs> and, you know, I, there wouldn't be much I could do because, I mean, he was way too big for me to, to even move on to a table to work on him. Mm -hmm. But he was uh, insistent. Uh, he made it over to the hospital. I got him back in his buddy's car, and they were both both had cigarette butts in the ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Ken. Hey, you know what? It's good for my business, and that's how I look at it. That's you true. know, if it wasn't for alcohol and tobacco, I'd be out of business <laughs> and overeating. Well, yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm guilty of that myself with the smoking. Well, I I would love to quit, and I've tried I don't know how many times using just about everything there is out there. And I just cannot kick these things. It's it's not easy. And, uh, you know, there are people who have a genetic predisposition to getting hooked to cert on certain things, narcotics, nicotine, whatever. Uh, first, you got to want to get off of it. If you don't want to get off of it, it doesn't matter what you do. If you enjoy smoking, there's nothing that, that anybody can do. I mean, other than lock you in a room. Well, I don't, I don't enjoy aspects of it, but you know, after a dinner, <laughs> it's, there's something about a cigarette for me. I, it's just the way I am. I guess the way I'm wired. And you know, in the, in the old days, before we had better treatment for inflammatory bowel disease like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, people smoked because it helped. Nicotine has an effect on the bowel wall, and it made them feel better. And so they, we told them, smoke. <laughs> really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, that was a long time ago. But uh, times have changed. We've got better treatment now. We'll probably come out with some monoclonal antibody therapy or some kind of uh, uh, biochemical that can 
help people stop smoking can take away that desire to want to smoke. Right now, we're, we're kind of limited. we got nicotine patches. We've got the uh, Shantex, which is an antidepressant that seems to be a little bit more effective in helping people and diminishing that desire to smoke. And uh, so there, there are a few things that we can do, but we're, we're not there yet. We're getting there. And when somebody comes out with, uh, with, with a, a truly miraculous uh, solution, like an a- antibody that will actually block the, the uh, receptors in the brain that crave the nicotine and you know, make them think that they're getting nicotine when they're not, then we will have conquered it. But it's going to be a while yet. Well, probably not in my lifetime. Oh, yeah, it'll be in your lifetime. Oh, you think so? Okay, good. Die from lung cancer soon. <laughs> <laughs> how how uplifting a show are we having this morning? <laughs> um, sorry about your tough luck, dude. <laughs> Nothing I can do for you, dude. I'd love to help you, son, but too young to vote. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotta get. I gotta give up the cigarettes. I do. I really do. You can do it. I got confidence. Well, it, I, my wife smokes too. It's tough to do in a house when somebody else is, you know, puffing away on the lanai. So the Omicron's hitting China. Uh, it's down in Australia now. And the Chinese, you know, they've been really strict. I mean, when they were in big lockdown, if two people were walking on the street, police would go up to them. And if you had the same address on your ID card, you were arrested right there and fined. Yikes. So, oh, okay. So they're, they're keeping the spread down by, uh, by social distancing and masks and all that. But, you know, you got a, a really uh, infectious virus uh, that's sweeping across the world. How do you keep it out? You know, you get one case in the country and it, it spreads like wildfire because you don't know the guys or the gals got it for a week or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. They make it healthy and they, they were exposed yesterday and, and may have a seven to 14 day incubation period. Well, guess what? By the time they're symptomatic, it's too late. They've yeah. been all over coughing on everybody but they're trying to shut down and uh, again as i said uh, with the uh, with the new yorkers let's see what the number was last week it was 21,027 new infections reported and now you can probably double that cuz you know half the people aren't even going to go in they're going to say i got a cold who cares big deal <clears throat> and even the folks who have been vaccinated could have it and not really realize it yeah, they could have a mild case. And you're spreading around, so. Certainly. So what do we do for Christmas? I mean, are we supposed to get together with the family or not? Well, I am. I'm getting together with the wife. Does it matter? I guess if everybody's vaccinated, it's probably fine. The only problem with the wife is she charges me every time. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with that? I thought, I thought marriage I, wasn't supposed to be that I way. I thought this dinner was free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, the question is, will the Chinese shut the border between Hong Kong and the mainland again, as they did at the beginning of the pandemic? And actually, Hong Kong's had one of the lowest rates of infection because they were really strict early on with masking and social distancing. And they even, if somebody in a building came down with a virus at the beginning of the outbreak, they quarantined the whole building. Wow. So even if you never met the guy who had it in your apartment building in Hong Kong, you couldn't leave. You were locked down for two weeks. Well, you know, with a billion people in your country, something like that got out of control. 
Yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. So we got that going on in the world. And uh, again, the the live attenuated uh, vaccines like Johnson & Johnson don't seem to be as effective as three doses of the mRNA vaccines, the Pfizer and the Moderna. And that is being proven by the studies coming out of South Africa and out of England. So even if you had the J&J like you did, Ken, I strongly recommend that you uh, that you get a booster with one of the live attenuated, not a live attenuated, but one of the mRNA vaccines. But you know, the study coming out of England for cases with Delta uh, vaccine effectiveness was uh, 41%, 42% at 25 weeks after two doses of the live attenuated, and uh, it was 93.8%. Uh, I'm sorry, 63.5 percent with the uh, live atten- with the mRNA vaccine, the, the Pfizer, and if you got another dose, a booster, it went up to 92.6 percent. So that pretty much tells the story. And if you got the J and J, go ahead and get get one of the mRNA vaccines, the Pfizer or the Moderna, and you'll get a good kick from that. Well, that's and- what I did. So, on your advice, because I listen to my doctor. Except for smoking. Well, I listen to you. I just can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with everything you say, Doc, and I know it's all true. It's just putting it into practice is a little difficult when you're chemically addicted to something. Yeah, it's tough. But I got to tell you this story. So Zeke's a little, you know, and he's misbehaving. And and I'm like, I'm going to put you in timeout. He said, Dad, you know, why don't you just talk to me? Because I can listen. <laughs> and of course, I, I said okay. And so I talked to him, and then he went and did it anyway. <laughs> he said, "Well, I listened." <laughs> I love it. What a cute kid! <laughs> uh, all you can do is advise, Doc. You know, it's all you can do, my friend. That's all you can do. And uh, by the way, we had uh, we had a, a little thing before the show with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. I sent a picture of Rudolph to you. Yes. And you sent something back, and and I wasn't quite sure what you meant, but oh, I thought what... there was a song attached to the to the picture, <laughs> so I was looking for music when I clicked on that. So, well, we got yeah. something for it. we found something perfect. <laughs> we for finally you found it though, didn't we? <laughs> Excuse and me. We finally found the song. Yes, we did. So, we'll but, be, in fact, we'll be hearing I, it in about three minutes. Yeah, you know, I did not realize that this book. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, came out in the 1930s. I didn't know it was that recent. I thought it was older than that. I thought it was back in the 1870s or 80s when Santa Claus, uh, when Thomas Nast started drawing Santa Claus and all the department stores glummed onto it. But uh, a guy named Robert Louis May wrote it in the 1930s. Did not know that. Just a little, little, another little piece of history for you, my friend. First appeared in 1939, and we rapidly had the movie made and all the songs. Oh, boy. It's been a lot of fun, hasn't it? Yeah, it's a staple now. You can't can't get through the Christmas season without it. I watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer on uh, TV just last week just because the uh, big bumble scares me. Yep. <laughs> it's scary, buddy. It's scary. It, it can be when that big bumble comes after you. It is. So, uh... Before we go to break, I just wanted to let you know that uh, Erdogan in Turkey, he's lowered interest rates against the advice of all of his uh, economic people there. 
Is there no is there no inflation there? Is he not having an inflation problem? Huge. Their inflation rate is up to 20, 21%. Why are they lowering rates then? He wants to sell more stuff overseas. and But, you know, here's the thing. Their dollar uh, 20 years ago was 80 cents of ours. So now guess what? It, it takes 10 times as much. It's down to 10 cents, uh, one, one uh, lira, Turkish lira. Uh, you have to have 10 of those to make $1. Here's the good thing. Sale of homes to foreigners, primarily from Iran, Iraq, and Russia, in Turkey, second homes uh, jumped tremendously. Seven or eight thousand homes just in the past year sold to foreigners. And if you're interested in going on a vacation and you want to see Turkey, this would be a heck of a time if you can get in with the Omicron. It'll be so cheap. I mean, you change your dollars to liras, and you know you're coming out ten to one. Stay at the best hotels. That's right. You can stay at the best hotel for for. Nothing really, you know. Ten percent about what we do normally play. Yeah, I didn't know this. Two thirds of Turkish households own their own homes, and they're paid for. That's pretty good. That is not bad at all. And their real estate values are twenty times the Turkish stock market. Not that Turkey's a huge industrial uh, nation, but they do produce a lot. You know, they cotton, tobacco, all kinds of stuff. And, but it's it's pretty amazing. And you can see the damage that uh, rampant inflation does to an economy, especially to the poor people. We're only at about 6% now, 7%. But that's still higher than it's been in, what, 30, 40 years. Yeah, it still hurts, especially the gas pump. The gas pump hurts. And uh, the, the other big thing are rents. Oh, my gosh. My employees are complaining bitterly because their their rents are being doubled. How can you double somebody's rent? I mean, you got to. A kid that's making 20 bucks an hour, they can't find it. It's called greed, Doc. Greed. Well, I think in part greed, and also I think there's uh, supply and demand, and also think that there are just costs that are involved. You know, everything's going up for the uh, for the uh, the property owners. That's that's very true. I'm not saying all increases are bad, but you get a little excessive when you double. Yeah, it's a little excessive, and the problem with that is then when the government, uh, when there's a clamor and an outcry, and the government steps in, then you got a bigger mess because they start putting on rent controls, and that stifles economic growth. And uh, I think that's what they're talking about here in Tampa lately, last couple of days. Oh, I'm sure you yeah. got a bunch of communists running your city over there. Yeah, exactly. Got several over here too, but uh, it's. It's, it's not a good thing uh, when we have rampant inflation. And nothing destroys an economy faster, Ken. And you guys out in the, in the listening land, you probably know this, too, that nothing destroys an economy faster than runaway inflation. You want to kill a country's economy? Runaway inflation will do it for you. Just look at the 70s. All that's like, you just go look back at the 70s. We lost so much uh, in the 70s. And, and, and look at countries like Argentina and uh, um, well, uh, Venezuela as well, and all the problems that they have had with over the years with their various runaway inflations, and, and you know people are having a hard time. Yeah. They're having a hard time purchasing things they need, getting health care. Uh, Argentina's calmed down, but certainly Venezuela is way out of control. Yeah. Speaking of control, how would you like to uh, control your coffee? I would love to get a nice warm cup of coffee. I want everybody to run out and grab a cup of joe, change their jet.
Things come right back. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Multiple foreign ministers are warning that the looming economic collapse of Afghanistan would have a bad impact on the region and the world. Successive speakers issue the warning today at the start of a one-day summit of foreign ministers of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation in Islamabad. The hastily called summit also brought together representatives of Afghanistan of major powers, including China, the U.S., and Russia. Iraq's military says two rockets have struck Baghdad's heavily fortified green zone home to the U.S. Embassy. The military says this morning's attack caused no casualties but resulted in some minor property damage. One rocket was destroyed by the embassy's CRAM defense system. Another fell near a national monument, causing damage to two civilian vehicles. Iranian-backed militias vowing revenge on the U.S. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. Words and music. For the last year, the Federal Reserve has told us inflation is, in a word, transitory. But the Fed can't fight the music of inflation. It's what happens when we print trillions of dollars. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I've built the number one precious metals firm in the country by adding massive value. And Advantage Gold wants to earn your business by doing that for you right now. My best-selling gold inflation index report retails for $500. I want to email it to all serious investors with retirement accounts for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole, no gimmicks. Simply text the word GOLD to 49776. 
I'll email you my best-selling gold inflation report right now. Text the word GOLD to 49776. That's GOLD to 49776. Let Advantage Gold add massive value, and then we'll ask for your business. Simply text the word GOLD to 49776. Text the word GOLD to 49776. Did you know that as much as 50% of your home's cooling energy is lost through its windows? Cellular Shades, available at Dominic's Blinds and Decor, are the most energy-efficient window coverings available. Innovative cellular construction traps air in micro-pockets, keeping heat out and lowering your power bill. Get yours at Dominic's Blinds and Decor, offering cellular shades in a variety of American-made brands. Dominic's Blinds and Decor, Clark and McIntosh in Sarasota. Call 941-922-2345. AM 860, The Answer. Online at com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Tonight, very warm with a moonlit sky and a low of 72. Intervals of clouds and sunshine for tomorrow with a couple of showers. Remaining warm with a high of 80. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. I'm Gregory Patrick. That's your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. And I'm back. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. New Year's is coming up. Oh boy, we're going to get some cooler weather here in the Tampa Bay area this week, according to Ken, who does news and weather. And I'm sure all you guys will welcome a little uh, break. Now, the Canadians, they love it hot like this. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going up to Nova Scotia or up to (laughs) (laughs) spend the winter up there. I'm sick of it. I I need a break. So at any rate, we're getting there. We're going to get some cool weather. I don't know about this climate change. I don't know how much is us, how much is Mother Nature. Certainly the ocean levels have gone up and down over the uh, millennia and have affected societies and and civilizations can so I don't know how much effect we have on it I really don't um, certainly it, it, it won't hurt to get off of uh, carbon-based fuels I don't have a problem with that but as you pointed out over the over the years here uh, it's going to take a while for the infrastructure to get there and I, I, as I told you I put a, a down payment on a Ford f-150 electric and I'm looking forward to receiving that. I'm going to be the I'm going to be hot stuff on the block at the hospital. Everybody's going to be oohing and on that, so that should be fun. What year do you get it? Uh, it should be out in the spring of, of this coming year of 2022. Right. Not too bad, I guess. Uh, a Chevy's coming out with one. They came out with an electric Hummer. Somebody said, "Why didn't you get a Hummer? Have you ever ridden in a Hummer? They are so uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, I don't like them." Well, it's a military vehicle. Yeah, the the original ones were rough. Remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger bought, what, four or five of them for each of his kids? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my. But, so, there, I mean, you, you, you get in the crash in the Hummer, you're going to survive. The uh, the original ones, yeah. I don't know how well the new ones are built. Uh, I just don't know that much about them. But certainly the F-150s are pretty rugged, and they have the uh, collapsible body. So you kind of end up, if you're in a major wreck, accordioned from the front and the rear, uh, but the cab seems to hold up pretty well. If you've got your seatbelt on, you should survive it. You don't hear about too many uh, fatal accidents with the F-150. They're not the best on uh, on slippery roads, because especially if you've got the long bed, because that tail end is 
going to spin around on you. Now, the, the new F-150s uh, that are all electric that are coming out next year, they are four-wheel drive, Ken. They've got a motor in the front and in the rear. No kidding. <laughs> wow. And they'll go zero to 60 in under five seconds. Yeah. Have you, have you ever driven an electric vehicle? It's kind of weird. Just a little strange because you don't have that shift. You don't have a transmission. And, and it's a... And, you know, it's an infinite uh, acceleration because the only thing that limits the spin of that electric motor is friction. And uh, those things are made to be relatively frictionless. So they have to put governors on them. So they'll only go, you know, 125 or 110. I think the Ford F-150 is going to go a little bit over 100. And then they, they have a governor on the thing so you can't go any faster, which is good. But the acceleration is so quick that you are pushed back into your seat with an electric vehicle. Your seat, and if you have the regenerative braking, when you take your foot off the pedal, oh my God, it just—it's almost immediate that it comes to a stop. I'm, I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder how I'm going to get rear-ended here. A good point. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a different, it's a little different breed, so it takes a little it's, practice, I think. It's a different breed. So you know, the president and Putin had a meeting a couple of weeks ago, and the. Uh, the political analysts have parsed it out. And, you know, the big rub is that uh, the Ukraine, Ukrainians, uh, the Kiev is their capital. They uh, don't want to abide by the Minsk Accord, which was reached uh, about 10 years ago and then redone about five years ago. And that called for the area in question to be semi-autonomous, the, the, the area of, of the Ukraine, which is closest to Moscow and, and, and the Crimea. You know, the Crimea has been the sphere of influence of Russia for off and on for centuries. It gave them a warm water port in, uh, in the Black Sea. And uh, they, they didn't have that before because the only thing they had was, was the, uh, the Baltic port of St. Petersburg, and then they've got their ports up on the Arctic Ocean. Well, now with global warming, it's a different story that there's not ice all year round. But uh, they had a hard time and they were upset and they wanted their little area in the Crimea back. And, you know, the czars and the uh, the, uh, the communist uh, bigwigs, they all had uh, homes uh, and down in the Crimea. Did you know that? Well, yeah, that was a summer place, yeah. It was a summer place. They're, they're Dakas or Dashas, however you pronounce it. <clears throat> and so that, that was a big deal. So there's not only... Uh, strategic reason for it. There's also um, a sentimental reason. Well, at any rate, they had come up with this resolution that I think it's Donbass it was in one of the areas in question that the Ukrainians would give it semi-autonomy, that everybody would pull their, their heavy weapons out and move back and respect each other and, you know, kiss and hug and work towards an agreement. And uh, one of the sticking points on top of the that area in in, in the eastern Ukraine is the uh, fear on Russia's part that the Ukraine will be allowed into NATO. They don't want that. They don't want NATO weapons. Not on their front door. No. They don't want them on their front door. And uh, you know, I, whether you, whether you want to see Russia come back as a great power or not, uh, which I don't, but I don't want to see them humiliated and weakened because they tend to get testy. Yes. <laughs> we, we've seen <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they've been involved in every world war for the past 200 years, from the Napoleonic Wars forward. They've been 
they've had their hand in it. And so every time the, the Russians get up and start moving, the Germans get up and start moving, and, you know, you got the Teutons and the Slovaks fighting each other, and it's too, uh, we're, we're too heavily armed at this point to allow that to happen again. We don't want them to be slugging it out with nuclear weapons. I mean, we did not like it when they put nuclear weapons in Cuba back in the 60s, and I can understand their, their feelings about having it in uh, having weapons of ours in Ukraine. I agree, and I think that we have to, uh, even, even if we do want to get weapons into the Ukraine, we still have to stop and think about the effect it's going to have on Russia and on the diplomacy side of it, that uh, we still need to work with these people even though they're not the power they were 50 years ago. Uh, and I'm not sure that they ever were a great power. I think that we just didn't have the intelligence to realize that if they fired a missile at Atlanta with a nuclear warhead on it, it might hit Macon. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's bad news for Macon, but, you know, that's... that's... Yeah, but Atlanta's spared. <laughs> you know, so I think that the best, the best strategy, it's like their Scud missiles, find out where they're aiming, Go there and don't move because it's not going to hit there. <laughs> they, won't, they, they, they won't get it there. <clears throat> but uh, I've said for decades now, an unstable Russia is an unstable world. And we need to help Russia stabilize. And that's exactly what, what Reagan did in the 80s when, when everything started to fall apart. Uh, with the Soviet Union, and, and I think that we need to continue to do that. Does that mean we throw Ukraine uh, to the dogs, to the wolves, to the bear, the Russian bear? No, but I do think that it, it, we need to make some commitment to say that uh, even if the Ukraine enters into NATO, if they ever get to the point where they can uh, or will be allowed in, because, you know, they've had a lot of corruption and a lot of uh, instability, and NATO doesn't like that, uh, then we have to make some kind of an arrangement with the Russians that we won't put certain weapons on their property, heavy weapons, you know, long-range artillery, uh, tactical nuclear weapons, so on and so forth. And if we don't do that, the Russians are going to get upset. And you, you can't blame them. You know, they've got centuries of, of uh, doing battle with the Europeans and the, the Turks and the Iranians and everybody else to try and maintain their borders and, and, and get a little bit more frozen tundra. They, they, I don't know why they like that frozen tundra. I, are they selling snowballs or what? I don't I, know. I, I don't get it either, but they seem happy with it, so they can have it. You know, they span, what, uh, 11 time zones? Yeah. And you span 11 time zones. They're the hugest country on Earth. The United States and Canada together might be about the same size as Russia. And Canada's the second largest, and we're the, what, fourth or fifth largest. So it's a big country. At any rate, they got a lot of, uh, they got a lot of real estate. We don't want them upset, and we don't want them to uh, buddy up with the Chinese too much. And know? we worked with them during World War II without much problem at all. Well, yeah, but Stalin wasn't happy because uh, the Allies wouldn't uh, open a second front in Europe to his liking. Actually, we did have a second front in Europe early on because we invaded Sicily and we were marching up the Italian peninsula, which tied up a lot of troops, a lot of German troops, uh, as we marched up the Italian peninsula. But uh, we didn't invade Western Europe, which is what Stalin wanted until, what? Uh, 44, yeah. Or yeah. Uh, but uh, it worked out, 
and uh, we won the war. The Russians took it on the chin, but they won. They I lost mean, about 20 million people in the process. It's more than anybody. Yeah. And had and by the way, a lot of that was through the Ukraine because that's where you had to march through to get to Moscow and Stalingrad and, and the other cities of importance in Russia and southern southwestern Russia, south central Russia, this side of the Urals. And uh, so you, you you had the poor Ukrainians, they, they got stomped on uh, and they wanted to be free of the Russians. And when the Germans marched through there, do you know that they thought they were being liberated? <laughs> Whoops. Silly people. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, the Ukrainians are like, why are you killing us? We're, we're on your side. And Russia, uh, the Germans are they're extremely smart people, but they're like horses with blinders. They can only see one thing at a time. But yeah. there's not much you can do about it now, except remind the Germans and the Russians that their constant bickering has caused those two countries more grief and pain than than anybody else that they've involved in their wars. After World War One, poor Germany, I mean, they were broke, uh, hyperinflation, people were starving on the streets. Yeah, they were punished. They were punished. Yeah. They were punished. And, you know, it took Russia a lot of years to build back, too, after after the uh, devastation of World War Two. Took them a long time. Took them 10, 15 years to get back on their feet solidly. Which allowed us to flourish over here because we had no damage from World War II. No, and we also had a, 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 an industrial uh, uh, center that was unrivaled at that point in time. We were the industrial power of the world. We manufactured most of the hardware for the Allies. You, you know, their T-34 tank, the Russians, that's an American design. That was an American tank. That was for open uh, ground warfare. And the guy that, that uh, designed it took it to the Pentagon, and they said, well, you know, we really don't have a, a use for that because when we invade France, we're not going to have open ground. We, need, we, need, uh, we don't need a fast tank. We need a beefier tank. And so he went, and, and they said, but take it to the Russians. They could use it. And the Russians glummed onto that, and they, they cranked out. And we cranked out a lot of the parts for them, too, and set them up, helped them get, get going. But our industrial might was so incredible. I mean— Ken, in one month, we produced more airplanes than Germany did throughout the whole war. Wow, that is amazing. It's amazing. You think, know, we, think we could do that today if we had to? Well, yeah, with a whip and a pistol. <laughs> you have to beat people to get them to work. Because my crazy sisters, they think that uh, we deserve to be conquered and, and subdued. Like What? That's not, a, that's not a very nice attitude to take. No, I'm like, what planet are you on? Of course, they, they don't travel. They don't know what's going on in the world. They just watch CNN and think that's the, the real news. But <clears throat> what are you going to do? There is no real news anymore, Doc. There is here. On this I'm, show, this is, this, is, this is it. You get the real news. You get the real lowdown. And by the way, you know, Biden is uh, hanging tough with China. He's putting more sanctions on. Last week, the, quietly, more sanctions were placed on the Chinese uh, for being mean to the Uyghurs, or Uyghurs, or however you pronounce it, and they're the uh, they're the the Muslims in northwestern China and Xinjiang province that are purportedly, reputedly, reportedly being uh, held essentially captive and uh, being abused and neglected or whatever. I don't know. I haven't been there. 
uh, and you never know for sure because it's a closed society in a lot of ways. And they're not going to let anybody in or out. They're not going to let newsmen come in there. No, not likely. <laughs> and so the Chinese are striking back, and they're saying, you know, if you're going to you're going to sanction and, and put restrictions on several of our companies. We're going to do the same to you. And there's a company in Hong Kong that makes uh, made a facial recognition software. And uh, we want to use it, of course. But now our government has said no to our companies. You can't use that. We're not going to allow that into the United States because they're using that to track the Uyghurs and to track their own people. And I don't know that that may be true. What are we going to do with it? We're going to track Dr. Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure he's not spreading too much. uh, White House wants to know where you are at all times. He wants to know where's (laughs) Dr. Bill. (laughs) I think it's a new video game. There you go. (laughs) I like that. And uh, and so we've got all this international intrigue that's going on uh, below the uh, the. the horizon of, of our mainstream news and cable news, except for Fox, and Fox is still hung up on the border, which is important, don't get me wrong, and the virus. I mean, but they, you know, they hammer so much on that, and there's a lot of other uh, questions and concerns that we have to face in this time, in this day, and in this age. We've got two big powers that are uh, not behaving the way we want them to. And we have to figure out a way to to get them to join us in more of a cooperative effort. But, you know, there are two, three very different cultures in very many ways. You know, you've got uh, Russia, which has lived under a czar for, what, seven, eight hundred years now. And you've got China, which has lived under an emperor for twenty five hundred, three thousand years. So changing these cultures is not going to be easy. I don't think either one wants to take over the world the way the— countries of the 30s and 40s did i don't i don't see them wanting to rule the world they want to rule their their area their regions yeah and i don't think the russians want to take over the world i think they realize that would be a a foolhardy enterprise for them i I think they still remember world war ii and world war one in which they you know took it on the nose and china china's got enough folks to worry about right now well, China's, I mean, you know, they're, they they could split apart at any time. Yeah. The country has to have a highly strict uh, militaristic uh, rule, or all the different provinces will say, we're not going to do what Beijing says, we're going to do what we want. It's really just the radical terrorists that want to take over the world. Yeah, I think I'm one of them. <laughs> I don't think you're a radical terrorist, Doc. I'm just, I'm just a radical. <laughs> Things like uh, rule of law. No, you know? you're okay. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that, Ken. I'm glad to know that. Uh, at any rate, you would think that we would be able to work things out, and I don't know why we can't, but uh, we're we're going to have to make some concessions to the Russians, especially. Now, here's the thing with the Chinese that worries me, Ken. If we start making everything at home here. Blue jeans are going to double in price. That's true, go, yes. They're going to go from 20 to $40, which I can afford. But, you know, a lot of people are going to say, wait a minute, $20 is a good deal. $40, I think I'll wait until these are all worn out. And we're going to have a bunch of ugly blue jean people. All- <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that's upsetting to me. Uh, we'll go I'm- back to what my mom used to do. You put patches on the knees. 
Yeah, remember the days we had them on the elbows? And yeah, the everywhere. <laughs> and everything got sewn up. I even remember back in the early 50s when people were still darning their socks. And I'm, the kids today, they don't know what darning means. That's exactly right. You got to sew those things up when you get a big toe hole. Yep, you got to sew them up. And uh, that was not the most comfortable thing when you put your shoes on to have a big seam line. <laughs> oh, well. But what do you do? But that's what, that's what we used to do around here to save money. Maybe we have to go back to that a little more. Yeah, that's back Home sewing. Business. Remember Woolworths? Yes, absolutely. Yep. That was uh that was our that was our uh dollar store back then. That's you right. Go everything from uh from soup to nuts to uh silverware to yarn to knit with to I mean everything. Uh, sewing, uh fabric, uh household goods. It was um I think they a, even had didn't they have like an ice cream stand in there too, kind of a soda pop bar or something. They did it. At one point they had a soda pop yeah. bar, they lunch bar. And of course all that went out in what in the sixties and seventies, all that started disappearing. Unfortunately. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't economically uh sustainable because you had all these fast food stores coming out and people were like, you know, I'm kinda tired of the soda counter at, at Woolworths, so I'm going down to Mickey D's. Mm. Yeah, and uh, you know, or go to well who had the who had the Whopper? Burger King. Burger King's got the Whopper, yeah. Yeah, and you, I mean, you get a lot more for your money. Yeah, I can, it just life changes, you know. It was an, yeah, it was an industrial-scale uh, uh, production uh, of food, and, and people wanted that. They wanted more food cheaper. Hadn't really helped us that much. They're all way overweight. And... Minute and a half. Well, we're getting close to the end, and I just wanted to tell everybody uh, – that I hope that they have a very Merry Christmas. I think that we're going to have a good year, but I'm not sure. With the Omicron, I'm not sure if this is going to affect us or not, Ken. I, I, I hope that we get through this without a lot of lockdowns and without a lot of uh, a lot of hospitalizations and deaths. It, it just is a bad sign, but I'm hopeful, and I, I don't think the Omicron is going to be as bad as everybody thought it would be. And like the Delta virus, we didn't have as many deaths and hospitalizations as we thought we would. But you never know. You never know. Well, we're about 30 seconds away, Doc. We want to give the phone number for the office in case somebody needs to come and see you for whatever they uh, might be having a problem with. We're at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. We have the rapid uh the antigen test, if you've got to get on an airplane, we can do that and give it to you right there, 15 minutes, and it's done. We've got the vaccine. We've got Pfizer and Moderna, but I just tell everybody, take the Moderna. If you need a booster, we'll give you half of the Moderna, and it's still better than the Pfizer. Say bye, Doc. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Can Care Clinic. 